0: Well, hey, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers at Regency. I just wanted to thank you for checking out this message. We're praying that God uses this message to draw your heart closer to him. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we want to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you'd like to find out more information about Regency or to check out some other resources, visit our website at regencycc.org. So I want to show you a couple of pictures this morning. First picture is a picture of my cousin, Susan, her husband, David, and their little daughter, Margot. They live in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, David is a youth minister. Susan actually works for Eric Church, the country music singer. She works for his organization. Well, right at the beginning of the shutdown, when COVID was closing everything down, David was on Instagram and saw this ad. That'll be in the next picture, this ad for this indoor playground set. And he thought, man, with all of us spending the next little while at home, this will be awesome for Margot. She will love this. And the price just looked too good to be true. $25 for this. In fact, I've got one more picture just to give you a more zoomed in shot. Could you imagine as a child having that inside your house? I mean, that would be amazing. And so he bought it. He ordered it. And He got this tracking number, and he kept checking it, and it it wasn't shipping, it wasn't coming in. Finally, one day, it was delivered. And they were really excited until they saw this little box. And inside of this little box, you'll see in the next picture, this is what they got. They got a bag filled with some Legos. They were really, really upset. So he called the company, complained. He actually found... This item, it's a real item, this indoor playground set, that's the next picture. You can actually purchase this indoor playground set, not for $25, but you can catch it on sale for $449. But you know what? Even through all of that, there's one more picture. Their daughter, Margot loves this set. He texts that to me. I asked his permission to share this story. And he texts that picture to me on Friday and said she still plays with this all the time. And I said, well, that's the best $25 you spent on a $500 item. She loves it. Have you experienced a bait and switch? You know, where you think something's going to be really, really good and it kind of baits you to do it, but what you wind up with is not very good. If you're a student, you may have had a situation like this where Your teacher comes in on the first day, and they're talking, this is going to be such a fun class. We're going to have this amazing time together. We're going to do all these really cool things. And they're really mean, and they're really, really boring. And it's the one class you hate above all others. Or maybe adults, it's likely at some point in your life that you've taken a job, and as you're interviewing for the job and you're preparing for it, you think, this is going to be a really good opportunity for me. This is going to be awesome. My boss has promised me Extra vacation time, a lot of flexibility, there's freedom, I can adjust my hours, I can do what I need, they seem really laid back, I think this is going to be a really good fit. And then you get into it, and your boss is, a, is just really not nice, and there's no flexibility, and he's constantly, or she's constantly riding you about getting your deadlines done, there's set hours, you lost your vacation time, and it's just not what you thought, and now you're stuck. It's the classic bait and switch. What I love about Jesus, among many things, is that Jesus never pulls the bait and switch. In fact, he's actually the total opposite. When you really read through the the sayings of Jesus, it's almost like he's trying to talk you out of being one of his followers. He says some things that are just really difficult and really hard to hear. Now, we've got a big election coming up on Tuesday, okay? And many of us are going to go to the polls and we're going to cast a vote if that's something that you're planning to do. Let me just go ahead and say this, total sidebar. This is not the most consequential election of our lifetime because every election is the most consequential, right? I keep hearing that phrase. It's the most consequential. Well, they're all consequential. And it's probably the most because it's going to affect us the most. But don't buy the lie, okay? Everything's going to be okay. Jesus is still reigning as king. But let's just imagine just for a moment that Jesus was running for president. Maybe you have one of those yard signs. I love those yard signs. It says, Jesus 2020, like one of those campaign signs. I love that. Imagine Jesus was actually running for president. I know it seems really awesome, but imagine for a moment that you were Jesus' campaign manager. That would have been an incredibly difficult job because as Jesus' campaign manager, you have to try to control the message. And the things that Jesus says are not what people want to hear. I want to give you a couple of examples of things that Jesus says that if he were to say them in a stump speech or he were to tweet them out, there'd be a lot of people that would not like this message. Here's a couple things. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Just throw it away. Now, I know for some of us, our minds immediately jump. Well, he's talking figuratively. It's a metaphor of going to whatever extreme of getting rid of sin. The problem is he didn't actually say that. It's Probably what he meant, but he didn't give any more details. Could you imagine a crowd hearing that phrase just gouge out your eye? Give to anybody who asks of you. Anybody who takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Somebody steals from you, don't ask for them back. How's that one going to go over for you? This one was pretty hard to handle. My My flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. I know we are the day after Halloween, but that one weirds me out. I don't know about you. He said, if anybody comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even their own life, this person can't be one of my disciples. That's hard to hear. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Pick your instrument of death. Whichever one you want to pick, carry that around. Come be my disciple. Maybe the craziest one of all. And it might not seem the craziest to you, but it definitely is to me. Those are all pretty hard to handle. This one, this one I have a really hard time with. He said, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. I don't know about you, but that one's really hard to hear because there's a lot that I have to worry about in my life. Could you imagine Jesus saying some of that and the pushback that would come from it? And the amount of people that would be like, I can't, I can't vote for that guy. I can't follow that guy. Not after he said that. What does that mean? And it's almost like he wants you to realize that following him is a, it's a a tremendous decision, that there's a lot that comes with it. He's not pulling this bait and switch on you. In fact, there's this scene in John chapter 6 where he's talking about that whole, my flesh is food, my blood is drink and he's talking about taking him all the way in, but the people are having a hard time understanding, and they they think he's talking about cannibalism, and they're having a hard time with it, and he says there's a lot of people that day who no longer followed him. Could you imagine being the campaign manager for Jesus, and all of a sudden, this massive people that you were relying on to vote for him, they're just gone. They've turned away. And then he looks to his closest followers, his disciples, his apostles, and he said to them, are you going to leave too? He basically said, there's the door. If you don't like what you just heard, you can see your way out. Jesus doesn't play around. It's not like He's just trying to thin the herd here. He's trying to find out who's the most committed because He wants us to understand something. And th- this is such a powerful truth that I hope that we'll understand it today. Becoming a follower of Jesus is relatively easy. But actually following Jesus, it's really difficult. Just think of what it requires you to become a follower of Jesus. It's not that difficult. It requires some faith. It requires you to step out a little bit. It requires you to do some things that are not the most natural. But the actions themselves are not that difficult. Asking God for forgiveness, being baptized in a body of water by another individual, in and of itself is not that difficult of an action to accomplish. There's a lot that goes into it and a lot of emotional... Uh, stuff that go, and psychological and mental stuff that goes into it, I get that that complicates it, but the actions themselves, are you tracking with me? The actions themselves are not that difficult. But following Jesus is incredibly difficult. And He wants us to understand that because He doesn't want to pull a bait and switch of making these promises that life is going to be easy and that things are going to be so much better. And then in reality, it's incredibly difficult. in some ways, it's a lot more complicated. And I appreciate that about Jesus, and I hope you do as well. That when we walk into this decision of following Him, we have a pretty solid idea of what it requires of us. Because it requires all of us. Now, there's a lot of things that are really easy to say, but are really difficult to do. So, last weekend, we were cutting down a tree and we were digging trying to dig up the stump at this house down fort morgan road and while we didn't know it there was a a water line about a foot off from this tree and while we're digging we busted i busted the water line we're about 18 miles down fort morgan road so it's a solid commitment to drive back into gulf shores to get some pipe to fix this thing it's almost an hour trek just to fix this water line so while we're driving back to go get the supplies to fix the water line I called Haley. I said, hey, busted a water line. Things are a little bit complicated. And she said, Eric, do you know how to fix that? I was like, yeah, yeah, I know how to fix a, a water line. You just cut the pipe, attach some stuff to it, attach it back together, put some glue around it before you do all that. Yes, I know. I've done plenty of plumbing. I know how to fix a water line. I was fully confident in myself. Problem was there was a gigantic root that we could not see how big it was underneath the water line that was pushing it up And we were trying to do it the easy way We'll talk about that in just a minute the easy way to go around the root instead of digging out the root uh, The root coming off of this gigantic tree that had bumped up the water line. Well long story Hopefully not quite as long. I didn't get it fixed. It required some additional help and I learned on that day I could go buy a van I could come up with a logo, I could buy a business license, and I could say that I'm a plumber. But folks, I'm not a plumber. Not even close. And I don't want to be a plumber, ever. If it comes to that, I guess, I don't know. You're going to have to help me or something, because it's just not going to work out for me. There's some other things in life that are easy to say, but difficult to do. It's easy to get married, isn't it? I mean, I I know that it requires another individual, generally, to want to marry you, and that can be kind of complicated. But in and of itself... Getting married is relatively easy, especially for the men, right? Men, it's we just show up, say two words, and we're done, right? That's it, you know. Maybe even drop a little bit of cash, but that's all it. For the ladies, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But the actions in and of themselves are not that incredibly difficult. But staying married? Well, that's a little bit more difficult, isn't it? Anybody can get married, but it's more difficult to actually stay married because that requires work effort and intentionality there's plenty of things that are easy to say that you are but are difficult to actually do and what jesus wants us to do today is to ask ourselves am i truly a follower of jesus so he says something really interesting in matthew chapter seven starting in verse 13 he he lays out for us two paths in life let's read it together matthew seven starting in verse 13. Go ahead, one more slide for it. There we go. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter in by it are many. But the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And there are just a few people that find it. In this text, Jesus lays out for us two paths that our life can go, two ways that our life can head. There's a wide and easy path. And there is a narrow and difficult path. Let's talk about that wide and easy path. For many of us, we are attracted to the easy way. Am I right? That if we were to assign some kind of task, most of us are going to spend a little bit of time trying to figure out what's the easiest way that I can accomplish this task. If you give me a job, before I run right into it, I want to sit down and think, what's the easiest way I can get this done? I want to do it the right way because I don't want to have to do it again, but I want to do it the easy way. Okay. Uh, I want to work smarter, not harder. Now, I know some of you don't think like that. You just run right in and, and you want struggle and you want resistance and that's great. You're a special individual and God created you unique. But I and probably most of us are looking for the easiest way possible. In fact, most of us are trying to live the easiest way that we possibly can. We purchase things and we set things in our life that make our life a little bit more convenient. It's why the lines at the fast food restaurants are generally wrapped around the building because it's pretty easy. They cook it for you, it's fast, and you don't have any dishes to clean. In fact, now one thing that we probably all should have bought stock in is these grocery delivery services. Amazing, are they not? You can sit on your phone on your couch, you can order all your groceries, press a button, pay a little bit more money, and they'll actually bring it to your house. You don't even have to fight the crowd at Walmart anymore. It's mind-boggling and if that's not good enough then there are actually companies who will make the food ahead of time it's pretty much ready to go it's packaged together it's got directions where even I could probably cook it I don't know I'd probably find a way to mess it up but I could probably make my way around it and you put it all together it shows you exactly what to do pop it in the oven 30 minutes later it's ready to go and you don't have to cut anything up or do it's ready it's meals ready to go I mean our life is getting incredibly easy and convenient. And that's what a lot of us are chasing after because we're drawn to the easy way. We're drawn to the path of least resistance. And there's a lot of people on that path. A lot of people in our world and in your world that are headed down the path of least resistance. Do you remember when you were a kid, maybe your mother or father or somebody in your life asked you, if everybody else was jumping off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? And what did you say? You can talk to me. What'd you say? Yeah. We got one honest soul. Everybody else like, no, I wouldn't jump off a bridge. But you know you would, because if everybody was jumping off of a bridge, and bridge jumping was a normal thing, and every week we all gathered to go jump off of a bridge, we would all go jump off of a bridge. Not because it's the smart thing to do, but because it's what everybody is doing. Now I know there are a few of us in this room who are probably people that walk different directions, but the vast majority of us, we'd walk up right up to the ledge and we would swan dive off just like everybody else that went before us because that's what my mother did, that's what my grandmother did, and that's what my great-grandmother did, and we are bridge jumpers. Right? You know that's what we would do because we a lot of times go the path everybody else is going. But Jesus says something that's hard to hear, but we need it. The path of least resistance, the easy way of life, can end in destruction. And the scary thing is, is that we don't see it. We don't always see the destruction that the easy way of life is bringing to us. We don't see the destroyed relationships, the destroyed purpose, We don't see how it's damaging our future and destroying our future hope. And sometimes we don't even see how it's destroying our soul. But His words are true, and you can believe it this morning, that the path that is easy, that He's describing, will destroy your life and your soul. But He gives a second path. The narrow and difficult path so this morning, the title of this lesson is, This Way is Difficult. Why is following Jesus so difficult? It's something that I've been, it's been on my brain the last week or so prepping for this lesson. Why is following Jesus so difficult? And there are some things that aren't difficult. And some things that may be difficult for you that are not difficult for me and vice versa. But by and large, why is it difficult to follow Jesus? I think there's many reasons, but I want to give you three. A couple of them come from the text that he's talking about. I think the first reason why following Jesus is difficult is simply because there's not as many people on the path that are following Jesus. It requires us to go against the flow. Most people are headed a certain direction, and to be a follower of Jesus requires you to swim upstream. Have you ever seen a fish swimming upstream? Or maybe you've tried to swim upstream. It's difficult. When everybody else is headed a certain direction and everybody else is doing certain things and you choose not to, it's difficult. It's difficult for a lot of reasons. One, it's tempting because sometimes we just kind of want to be like everybody else and we want to blend in. But it's also difficult because it puts us in positions where we are now standing for our faith and the spotlight is on me or the spotlight is on you and you don't want it to be there. And Somebody says, hey, you want to come with us to go do this? And you say, hey, I appreciate it, but... I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Why not? Well, I, I just I don't do that. Why not? Well, because I'm a follower of Jesus and I that's just not something that I want to do. Oh, you think you're better than me. No, I don't think I'm better than you. It's just something I have chosen not to do. Okay, well you just be all good and holy over there? Not trying to be rude. I'm not I'm not condescending. I, I'm just saying that's a, a decision that I have made because I am a follower of Jesus. I don't have the desire to do that. Sometimes it causes ridicule. Uh, from other people because they don't understand. Sometimes it just puts the spotlight on you. It, it's difficult because it requires you to go against the flow. I also think it's difficult to follow Jesus because we have a real enemy who is trying to get us to go the easy way. And Sometimes we forget that we have a real enemy. Sometimes we forget that we have this adversary who is out to get us. And, and we forget that Satan, our enemy, is really good at making sin look really good. Sin is a bait-and-switch kind of thing. It promises this amazing experience, but it leaves you with destruction. And Satan is really good at making it look really good and hiding the destruction that comes with our sin. And he is really good at his job of getting people to go the wide and easy way. And I'm not just talking about people who are living outwardly, openly sinful lives. I'm talking about a lot of good folks. I'm talking about a lot of church-going folks. I'm talking about a lot of us who can easily convince ourselves and deceive ourselves that, yes, I'm a good person. Yes, I am a follower of Jesus. Because it's easy to say I'm a follower of Jesus. But actually following Jesus is incredibly difficult. And we have an enemy who's really good at convincing us that you're doing great. Because he doesn't have to get you caught up in some awful, atrocious sin. He just simply needs to get your heart pulled off of God onto something else, even something that's good, but that is slowly drawing your heart away from your heavenly Father. We have a real enemy, and it makes it difficult. But I think the third reason why following Jesus is so difficult is just simply because living a holy life is difficult. It's a struggle. When I talk about holiness, I'm talking about this idea of being set apart, of living differently, of actions and behaviors and attitudes and desires that are different from maybe some of those that are around you. That it's this idea of living the way that God has called us to. Not because we're trying to earn His favor, because if I do this, then God will do this. That's called manipulation. God doesn't operate that way. You'll never earn more of God's favor by a single ounce of good that you do. God loves you period. Okay, God loves you, period. You will never earn His favor. But we're called to live a holy life because it's actually the greatest way to live. It's really living the way God originally intended for us to live. And it requires some trust on our part that, yes, God, I will trust you and do this and maybe not do this because I know that while this might feel better or be a better experience, I know that this is better in the long run. I know that this decision or this action or this desire is better because this is what you originally intended me to be. And it requires trust and faith, and that's difficult. It's difficult to live a holy life because now you're paying attention. For once you didn't really care, now you care. You didn't care if you lost your your cool. You didn't care the words that came out of your mouth. You didn't really pay attention to thoughts that were flowing through your mind. Now you're focused, and it's difficult. Because now you're trying. And the harder you try, sometimes the more difficult it is. Because following Jesus can be difficult. And I hope you understand this morning that becoming a follower of Jesus is relatively easy. But actually following Jesus is really difficult. And what I love about Jesus is He is so upfront about that. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't gloss over it. He doesn't try to pretty it up to make it look better. He's very real and very honest. It's a struggle. But there's a promise at the end of verse 14 where He gives us what the result will be as our life heads down this narrow and difficult path. And the promise is life. I love that. Life. I know that we're all alive in this room because we're all breathing, but that doesn't mean that we're all living. Because truly living is to live the way that God has called us to live. At the end of 1 Timothy, Paul says something to Timothy where he talks about life that is really life. And there are a lot of people who are who are alive, but they're not really living because they haven't experienced true life. And maybe this morning you're here and you're alive, you're living, but you haven't experienced true life because you've never experienced spiritual life. And God is offering that to you today. That's what Jesus is promising that when your life heads the direction of the narrow and difficult, yes, it is a struggle, but the end result is life. Not just in the life to come, but life now. I have never felt more alive than living for Jesus. And I hope that you have too. And if this morning you're looking for something different, if you feel like your life is headed in the wrong direction and you need to make a change, why not today? Become a follow- becoming a follower of Jesus is pretty simple. And I love that Jesus made it so simple. Believe that He's the Son of God. Repent of the things that you've done wrong in your life. Confess His sweet name as the Lord of your life and be baptized into Christ. There's water back here. We're ready for that to happen today. It requires faith on your part to step out a little bit, to allow God to enter into your life, to being willing to confess Jesus as Lord, to allowing somebody to baptize you. Yes, it requires faith on your part. And that's when true living begins. And yeah, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be a struggle, but in the wisdom of God, He gave us a church family. And that's why we're here today. We're here to worship Him, but we're here to encourage each other. Because while we all walk in, even though we got most of us have masks on, and maybe we're even smiling under the mask, sometimes we're hiding the smile when you can see it, and sometimes we're hiding it behind the mask. Because we walk in beat down, weak, struggling. That's where we need each other. We lift each other up. You say, come on, keep going. I know it's hard, but I'm here for you. I'll pray with you. I'll do whatever I can. And so I want to tell you this morning, if you come in today and you're struggling and you're worn down and you're like this, this living for Jesus thing, it's really hard. I I just, I don't know how much longer I can do it. God promises when we're at our weakest, He's at His strongest. You've got a group of people that will gather around you. And if you don't feel comfortable coming forward and expressing those concerns, I hope that you'll find somebody today before you leave and you'll ask them to pray with you. You Just pull them aside and say, hey, I I need some help. I hope there's somebody in your life that you can lean on. And you can say, will you please help me? Will you please walk with me for the next little while to help me get back where I need to be? Grab somebody that's here. Grab one of your shepherds. Grab one of the ministers. We want to encourage you in whatever way we can because that's why we're here. God told us it's going to be a struggle. But we have each other and we have Him during the difficult times. So this morning, if you want to be baptized into Christ, if you want to respond pop- publicly respond publicly to ask for the prayers of this church, then we want to assist you in whatever way we can. But please, folks, don't leave here today without getting some encouragement if you really need it. If we, if we can help you in any way, won't you make your way to the front as we stand and sing?